Welcome to the Fog Pod. My name is Inez Ventura. I'm one of the general assignment reporters of the Foghorn, and I'm here today with our guest, Janelle Frazier, a student who works in the Department of Special Collections and University Archives. Today, in honor of October and the start of fall, Janelle will take us through the darker side of University of San Francisco's history, the side that includes cemeteries and supposed ghost encounters. Janelle, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, hi. <laughs> Would you to like? Be here. <laughs> yes, thank you. Would you like to tell us a little about the University Archives and your position there? Well, we call it SCUA. Ooh, SCUA. We're a tiny department within the Gleason Library, and I'm the only student assistant that works in a digitization lab. So basically, whatever they want me to scan, I just scan it. <laughs> um, as for the other student worker, there's only two. Um, and the other one usually works on like research requests within the rare book uh, room that's on the third floor of the library. I'm only in there like a few times, but mostly I just scan stuff in a digitization lab that's on the first floor. Cool. And what are some of the things that you guys have in the rare book room besides Ooh. rare books, according to the title? Oh, man. I remember, um, I believe it was some type of workshop. Everyone was doing a tour of the library who like were staff or whatever. And we all went into the rare book room and they have like an Oscar in there for the screenplay of Titanic, because like apparently one of our um, USF alums' father was the screenwriter. Wow. So I was able to like hold it. It's pretty heavy. So that's probably like my favorite thing I've seen yeah, from there. That's pretty rare. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's get into the history a bit. So USF was founded as St. Ignatius Academy in 1855, and located on what would eventually become Market Street. So what did the area of Lone Mountain look like before our campus was there? Well, Lone Mountain or Lone Mountain Cemetery or Laurel Hill <laughs> Cemetery, um, it was just a hill. It was quite pretty for like a cemetery and for good reason, because the people who were buried there were big figures within the San Francisco community. We have first mayor of San Francisco. We have the architect of the ferry building. We have the first um, <laughs> superintendent of this uh, San Francisco school district, a lot of important people. So it was like a pretty cemetery where you can drive around. And it was just a hill that supposedly had like the best view of SF at the time, which I believe if you've ever been up there. Yeah. So how many cemeteries were occupying the space? Um, so on Lone Mountain, of course, Laurel Hill Cemetery, that was one. Um, and then on Hilltop, which is like lower campus, there was the Masonic one, the Old Odd Fellow, and the Calvary, which eventually we took over. Yeah. <laughs> so we've established that there were four main cemeteries mm -hmm. in the Lone Mountain area, and we had some pretty big profile people yes. buried in those sites. So then how did we go from Lone Mountain being cemeteries to our campus today? Like what went on there? What was that change? Well, yes, um, actually in 1903, um, the Masonic Cemeteries Association was like, oh, we need to sell this because we can't even put bodies in here anymore since 1903. So um, I believe in 1928, they considered mo like removing the bodies um, and it was protested by 17 owners who went on to the federal district court. And the court denied their claim that, like, the bodies can't be um, vacated, which is what they wanted. And 
the law owners appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court on the grounds of discrimination, <laughs> which I didn't even know we had a little Supreme Court case within our history. Yeah, that's a pretty big deal right there. Yeah. And I believe in the 1930s, early 1930s, our school was like kind of celebrating like, oh, yeah, we're just... I don't know, we're USF, we're about to become like this big school Mm because we were still waiting on the results from the Supreme Court. And right in the middle of the party, I believe they received the word that they actually won the case. Yes. So, um, And what was the grounds on which they won the case? Actually, not too sure about that information. There isn't that much. Um, But yeah, the Supreme Court just granted them the right and... um, the Masonic Cemetery Association was like, okay, now we are able to sell this mm-hmm. land. And I bet you're wondering, well, where are the bodies going to go? Yeah, that was my next question. Well, they're actually going to Colma, uh, which is, where is Colma again? Is Colma, it like... I believe, is in South San Francisco. So not too far from here. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently there's more dead people than living there, which yeah. is interesting but i guess makes sense since uh, most of the bodies from san francisco just had to go go somewhere yeah go somewhere i mean yeah 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 i know that the city motto for colma is it's good to be alive in colma (laughs) because there's so many dead people there oh that so if you're living in colma you're winning the game good job that is silly oh man all thanks to usf (laughs) (laughs) so Cemeteries have moved out. Mm-hmm. Bodies have been relocated. Mm-hmm. USF has the land. They're celebrating. They're glad they get to rebuild yes. after, you know, losing their original college campus, which is mm-hmm. St. Ignatius College, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, but now they have $690,000 um, <laughs> worth that they need to raise in order to, like, acquire all of the um, 28 acres, which... I mean, that is a lot of money even for back then. I haven't done the calculations, but that's still a lot of money even now. So our school had a lot of trouble raising that money. um, But eventually through networking with other Jesuit um, universities and even like San Francisco community members, they they were able to acquire at least half of the land, expected land. And they were like, oh, okay, that's really cool. But they were still left with 300,000 that still needed to be raised. And I believe they had two years to raise that money Mm. um so how did they do it yeah they well alumni was like oh we really need to like expand our land like we need to have this big like big university and they were trying but even at the end of that time i don't believe they were able to um acquire all the funds that they needed but somehow i guess their connections within the city they were able to extend that and then eventually raise enough money to acquire what we now call USF. <laughs> yes. Well, so USF starts constructing the campus on mm-hmm. the land, right? Mm-hmm. Was it all smooth sailing at that point with, you know, constructing everything now that they've jumped over hurdles and even have gone all the way to Supreme Court to get this land? What's going on with the construction? Man. I'm not too sure about specific um, construction aspects, but I would believe to exhume all those bodies, there were a lot of bodies located, not just with Lone Mountain Cemetery, but Masonic Calvary. I'm pretty sure that would have would have been a, a task. <laughs> yeah. 
I know we have photos from that time when uh, Gleason Library, or even the church where the church is now, um, there's caskets above and then empty plots and mm. things like that. What do we know about the supposed ghost encounters that have happened around Lone Mountain? Well, I do know, I believe in the early 2000s, um, some students have written pieces about the, their ghost encounters on Lone Mountain. Me personally, I definitely believe it's haunted. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how could it not? Like our whole school was like built on graveyards. Mm -hmm. And I knew this before coming in, but I didn't know about specific stories. All I knew was like there was a supposed nun on Lone Mountain and... Now, whenever I have classes, the door will creak open. And then when my professor's like, okay, can you close the door now? It'll shut on command. What? So I definitely believe a, it's haunted. Is this a first-person ghost story I'm hearing here? Oh, yes. Wow. I Yeah. I have another one. Um, my friends and I, like, it could have been, like, 10 p.m. We were just, like, oh, like, having fun, like, on Lone Mountain. And we're like, okay, let's go inside because we heard about this story. So, like, it might be a little creepy to go in there. We almost make it to the third floor and it's pitch, like, black up there. And then my friend said, someone was just breathing in my ear. And we, like, ran down the stairs and then we were trying to leave and then the door slammed. And What? Yeah, I'm never going back up there again. It was quite scary. <laughs> Do we think that might have been the spirit of... Sister St. Agnes, or not Sister St. Agnes, Sister Agnes, which is one of the more popular, well-known ghost stories that's been passed down a few generations through USF students and faculty members. I definitely believe it. And yeah. I've heard some people say like, oh, I've seen like, a, I don't know, this figure of like a nun walking like the halls on like the third floor at night. And I'm like, guys, don't say that. I live in LME. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to do I don't want to see that, okay. but I've definitely heard students like now be like, I've seen stuff up there. Wow. So I know that there, through my research, I have found an old Foghorn article from mm -hmm. December of 1993 written about that specific ghost story. Mm -hmm. So the legend goes that at some point in 1960, Sister Agnes became pregnant and had to abort her child. Mm -hmm. And obviously for religious reasons that put her in a very deep depressive state. Mm -hmm. And after battling with that for a long time, she allegedly jumped off of Lone Mountain, like the steeple that we all yeah. see when we walk into the building. And that's her spirit haunting the third floor. Man, that is so sad. I just yeah. thought like, I don't know. I just thought just because it was a women's college, just, I mean, there had to be a ghost there. I was yeah. like, from the 20s or so. I know, so, it's been so. around for a long time. Yeah. And according to this article, one of the old um, facilities workers tried to access this room that's mm -hmm. on the, in the steeple of the third floor Lone Mountain mm -hmm. that has a bunch of doors or a bunch of windows, but no door. And that's oh. supposedly where she is haunting from so watch oh. out if you're on the third floor of lone mountain going to your classes and you hear something spooky say what's up to sister agnes oh and i just realized the class that like the door always slams it's on the third floor exactly yep <laughs>
Janelle, thank you so much for being here today. Of course. Look out for our next episode of The Fog Pod, which will be coming out next month. Until then, check out our Instagram at SFFoghorn and steer clear as Sister Agnes goes this spooky season.